Have you ever wondered what CGI really is? Well, stay tuned, because in this premiere episode, the CG Bros will be doing a deep dive into that subject when they answer the commonly asked question, what is CGI, on the CG Bros CGI Insider Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the premiere podcast of the CGI Insider. Today, we're going to answer the question, what is CGI? So when somebody tells you that they work in the field of CGI or that was made with CGI, what the heck are they talking about? Well, by the end of this podcast, you'll be able to have a meaningful conversation with anybody about what CGI is. And you'll know some of the history behind CGI as well as understand the current state of CGI today. Now, don't feel bad you don't know what CGI is. Uh, A lot of people don't know what CGI is. As a matter of fact, the term CGI is searched more than 9,000 times a day on Google alone. But by the time you're done here, you'll be able to speak with authority about what CGI is. You'll know how it's used, and you'll be able to tell your friends some things they probably didn't know. You'll most likely be the resident expert in your social circles about CGI. I'm Bill Johnston, one of the founding members of the CG Bros. So what is CGI? That's That's a great question. And we hear that question a lot when we're talking with people when they ask us what we do for a living. And we tell them we create CGI, and for the most part, they give us blank stares, and they really have no idea what CGI is. The thing that's really interesting to me about that is CGI is used in so many more ways than most people even know about. And it's kind of funny when people ask me that question. I, I wonder, you know, I think to myself that even in 2021, most people would know what CGI is especially since it's been around for more than 50 years. As a matter of fact, the very first film to use CGI was Alfred Hitchcock's thriller Vertigo, way back in 1958. And it was used in the opening sequence of the film to create these graphically animated lines that looked a lot like some drawings that I used to make when I was a kid with this drawing tool called Spirograph. Any of you guys remember that? (laughs) I guess I'm dating myself. But CGI is used in so many ways that most of us take for granted today. And if we take a closer look, we'll see that CGI is used in ways that we didn't even realize. So let's get down to it. What do the letters CGI stand for anyway? CGI stands for Computer Generated Imagery or Computer Graphics Imagery. Both of those are used interchangeably and either one is fine. And for most people who don't know exactly what CGI is, they at least know that it has something to do with the creation of art and probably more specifically, how it's used in the creation of movies and television shows that we watch. So let's go ahead and cover some of the definitions of what CGI is. At the most basic level, CGI, computer-generated imagery, is any image or a sequence of images, dynamic or static, that are generated with the aid of computers. A more broadly understood definition is the use of computer graphics to create two-dimensional, 2D, or three-dimensional, 3D, images, and special effects for use in both live action and animated movies using computer software. Some of those common understanding of how CGI is used is exactly what people think it's used for, which is creation of, you know, special effects in movies and television, as well as other forms of entertainment. So in live action movies, it's used to create uh, visual effects. It's also used to create set extensions. It's used to do sky replacements. It's actually used to enhance character performances as well as replace uh, actors altogether. You've seen Star Wars and uh, Fast and Furious where they've done that, and and those are pretty good examples. There's been some pretty poor examples of it too. We all remember the Scorpion King, oh my God. 
So these computer-generated images are used in the compositing phase of movie making, which is taking the computer-generated images and putting them into layers and then combining those layers to create the final movie. As a matter of fact, CGI is actually used to create entire feature films. Uh, their studio is set up to do just that, and they're very, very well-known studios. You've probably heard of Pixar and, and uh, DreamWorks and Blue Sky, and there's a whole host of, of studios that create CG animated films, but, but they're also used for so many other things. Uh, they're used to create uh, video games, for instance. And as a matter of fact, uh, the technology to create video games is pretty much the same technology that are used to make feature films. They're also used to create uh, theme park rides. If you've seen the Jurassic Park ride up there at Universal Studios, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's used in the creation of advertising and commercials. And something interesting you probably didn't know is that a lot of car commercials are made entirely of CGI. Uh, computer graphics imagery is also used in the creation of motion graphics, as well as the creation of virtual reality simulations. And most recently in augmented reality uh, applications where they create computer-generated uh, imagery and overlay it over live action and motion track it in real time. Most, most of those are on your phone. You've probably seen them in those funny overlays for your face that make you look like a werewolf or a witch or something like that, and they track your face as it moves around on your phone. It's a pretty cool application. And in reality, these uses are just scratching the surface of what computer-generated imagery is used for today. It's used in a lot of ways in many fields of science, actually, that may not be so obvious. For instance, it's used in the medical field to create MRIs, uh, as well as doing some anatomical modeling. Um, it's used in the creation and preparation of customized uh, patient-specific bone recreation and replacement processes. Say like you were in a car crash and you crushed your skull or you smashed your face and you needed to be reconstructed. Uh, they use CGI to create the implants. It's also used to visualize complex molecules and proteins as well as how they interact. It's also used pretty extensively in the engineering and industrial design uh, sectors for creating structural analysis and doing stress testing of airplanes and bridges and buildings and stuff like that. Uh, as well as in the architectural area for creating designs and doing pre-visualization of those designs. We've, we've all seen walkthroughs or what they call fly-throughs of buildings that haven't been uh, built yet but have been created in CGI. It's also used pretty extensively in the physics and chemistry fields uh, to visualize complex uh, atomic structures such as the elements that make up all matter and materials. And it's used to visualize new materials it's also used in physical simulations, uh, dynamic simulations of liquids, fluid dynamics, uh, and it's used a lot in the design of weaponry, as well as flight simulation. It's used in the legal area to do accident reconstructions. A computer graphics imagery is also used in the education fields because it's really effective at visually conveying extremely complex ideas and principles that are really hard to explain with words alone. You might be wondering to yourself, you know, why use computer-generated imagery anyway? You know, why not just just do it physically or, or just create these things in the real world? Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, in movie making, for one thing, it's just too dangerous sometimes for actors to uh, to be involved with, say, pyrotechnics or or you know things that are just life-threatening or, or or can risk physical harm to the actors. Another reason is it's just 
too destructive. You know, it's uh, you're blowing things up. You know, you only get one take. If it doesn't blow up correctly, well, you got to rebuild the thing and blow it up again. And that's usually very, very expensive. So that's one of the other reasons to use CGI is because it's a lot cheaper than using you know real world real world things. Uh, it's, it also is used because sometimes it's just too impractical to do a shot or to do some effects in in the real world. Uh, you know, think of crowd scenes and how many actors you'd need to to direct, and and what a what a logistical nightmare that would be. You know, and it's also used for just doing things that are just outright impossible to do. Some of the uh, movies that come to mind for that are, are a lot of these superhero movies, particularly the Avengers. And none of that stuff could be done in the real world. We'll be back in a moment, but first, a question. Do you run a small business online, but find that it lacks online presence? Are you truly engaged with your customer base and prospects? You might want to check out AlphaWave Systems. They build responsive and eye-popping websites and get first-page Google ranking results. They can energize your digital channels to grow your customer base and revenue. So, whether it's a new website, increased social media presence, customer relations management, or analytics. You can grow your business in the cloud and experience rapid and tangible results. Go to alphawave.io to learn how. And you may have noticed that the quality of computer-generated imagery has really, really been improving over the last oh, decade or so. Well, why is that? Well. It's because it's, a, it's really a result of Moore's Law. And what is Moore's Law? It's a, it's a principle that says that the speed and co computational power of computers can be expected to double every two years. And that's based roughly on the number of uh, transistors that a microchip can contain. And due to the current pace of technology, even some, quote, industry experts believe that Moore's Law no longer applies. And they say it's becoming outdated and that the essence of Moore's Law is changing. Well. I think it's really true. Uh, you know, we just talked about how CGI is used to create and visualize new materials. Well, some of these new materials have some amazing physical properties that are leading to groundbreaking work in quantum computing. And rather than processing power doubling every two years, we're going to end up with exponentially more power uh, every single year. And one of the results of all this power and speed, uh, of course, is that as the speed and power increases, the cost of all that processing power continues to go down. And what's so cool about this phenomenon is that it makes the cost of computer processing power so much more affordable to the masses, and thereby it lowers the cost of entry so that now it's possible for anyone with a computer, and some time of course, to create their own visions using CGI. And one of the coolest things about this whole thing is that you don't even really need to buy the software if you want to learn how to do CGI yourself. Uh, because there are so many free uh, or learning versions of most major CGI creating software packages out there. And some of those software packages are Maya, uh, made by Autodesk, uh, 3D Studio Max, also made by Autodesk, there's SideFX uh, Houdini, there is uh, Cinema 4D, and a host of other uh, computer software programs that you can use to learn on. But most of them do have free versions that you can just download and, and use, or if they're not free, they're, they're going to be student versions that you could get at a very nominal cost. And there's also tons of learning resources out there, both free and for purchase, that'll help you uh, reduce that learning curve. And some, some of these software packages have a significant learning curve, so that's where the time comes in. But for the most part, 
Anyone with a desire to create CGI can do so rather quickly, easily, and inexpensively. You know, when I was younger, uh, CGI really grabbed a hold of me when I saw a movie called Star Wars. I was two years old. <laughs> no, seriously, they used some computer graphics for the depiction of the Death Star, and as well as a computer-controlled camera to capture the flight of the TIE Fighters and the Jedi as they dived into the Death Star's trenches. I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. And I was absolutely hooked on CGI from then on. And I started attending annual computer animation festivals uh, that used to be put on here at the La Jolla Museum of Contemporary Art here in San Diego, where I live. And every year that I would attend, uh, it would just increase a uh, burning desire in me to create my own CGI films. And then in the 90s, I witnessed the sheer awesomeness of the T-1000, which was a liquid metal Terminator in Terminator 2 Judgment Day uh, back in 1991. And then I was blown away again in 1993 with uh, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Uh, I had just never seen anything like that. Uh, these were the first films to really begin to realistically mix CGI characters uh, into live action films. You know, I said to myself, I I've got to do computer graphics. Uh, so I sold my car and a few other worldly possessions uh, just so that I could purchase my first, quote, workstation. Uh, where I installed a hack version of 3D Studio, and that was for the DOS operating system back then, so it kind of gives you an idea of how, how long ago that might have been. Oh, what, that, was, that was about 25 years ago. Oh my gosh, time flies. But nevertheless, none of the CG bros have ever looked back, and uh, both Sean and I continue to create CGI for top industry companies today. One thing I will say is uh, while the cost of computing it goes down and the, the availability and entry points of, of anybody to create computer graphics is, is there, uh, the art of computer graphics is, is an extremely technical one. And it, it often requires uh, teams of hundreds of people to uh, bring together these characters and these environments and do the sound design and create the special effects and bring all that together. Uh, while one person can, can do it on their own, it, it takes a really long time, so if you've got some people that you can work with to kind of split up that work, it makes it a lot easier to complete uh, a CGI project. One of the other interesting uh, situations or problems is that as CGI improves in the movies, we the viewers are also improving. We're becoming more sophisticated and you know they're, they're training us by these really great special effects uh, to, to be con really sophisticated consumers of CGI. And, and because of that, we can immediately pick out CGI that's not perfect. Humans are very uh, in tune with, with how things move, especially other humans, how their face moves, the facial muscles, what expressions are used. And if it's not done correctly in CGI, uh, we know it. Have you ever heard of the term uncanny valley? Well, that'll be the subject of a future podcast, I'm afraid. And have you ever noticed how when a new special effects technique is, is developed, uh, some of these Hollywood folks uh, create a movie around it the, where the story isn't very good, but the special effects are just awesome. There are plenty of those around, uh, but I think Hollywood seems to be getting the message finally, and it's something that the CG bros often preach for the most part, and that's that story is king, not CGI is king. And the CG bros also believe that Computer graphics should only be used as a tool to tell or to enhance an already compelling story and should never be used as the sole reason for creating a film. And I know you can recall a movie that centered around some cool new VFX technique. For me, it was uh, an example of that would be Twister, 
where the movie was just awful, but man, did those tornadoes just look fantastic. And if CGI is done well, uh, it can also be invisible, uh, and we don't even realize it's CGI. But on the other hand, it can be used to take us to places and see things that we can only dream about. And all of it with deceptively striking realism. So as far as the CG Bros is concerned, that should continue to be the goal of creators of CGI, to create good stories and create CGI that supports that story. Okay, in this podcast, we've tried to give you a good answer to the question we started with, which was, what is CGI? And we've come a little ways, and I hope we succeeded in doing that. You know, we talked about the definition of CGI, and we, we covered some of the history behind it and how many things it's used for today. And so right now, you should be able to have a meaningful conversation with anybody about what CGI is. You are now an authority on CGI, and you now know that it's used for much more than just creating pretty pictures. You know, I had a lot of fun uh, creating this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion. And if we left some gaps or forgot something, or if what we said made you think of some additional questions, swing on over to thecgbros.com and, and leave your question there. Just uh, head up to the menu and look for the Ask Us Anything uh, item and uh, your, and let it, go, let it rip. We here at the CG Bros want to say thank you all again for your support. So now we're going to ask you to share this podcast with your friends, hit the thumbs up button, and be sure to ring the bell so that you'll be notified when we've uploaded a new podcast. Oh, and lastly, be sure to leave us a comment. We, we really like reading them. We look forward to seeing you for next week's podcast where we'll be discussing the different types of jobs that are available in the field of computer graphics imagery. Till then, bye now. That's it for today. We hope you enjoyed the CG Pro's answers to the question, what is CGI? Thanks for being with us. Please hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. And tell all your friends about this podcast. Be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, can you describe the different jobs that relate to creating a CGI film? This has been the premiere episode of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.